0: It's Alex, and welcome to the next episode of Confidence Rockstar podcast. This will be a little bit different episode because today I will tell you behind the scenes of my hip operation many of you asked me what happened, what caused my injury and my condition. So because I was getting like so many uh, questions and so many uh, questions were the same, I decided to record this episode for you. Uh, This episode may not be for everybody because if you are not interested what happened, why I needed to have like the serious hip operation, Uh, this may not be for you. However, if you are into sport if you have anything to do with physical activity if this is your life and if you are very very interested in that uh, i would like to let you know what happened what was my journey and how it ended up and what i did in the in the meantime so today today's episode is the story behind my uh, hip uh, operation all right, so let me just take you to the uh, very beginning. Um, uh, some of you may know that uh, I used to be a runner, and I was—I uh, started actually running back in 2013. I um, have never been interested into running before. Uh, I have never been into running before. I always thought that this is boring, pretty much. And uh, I also had like a stitch when I was running, so it was not really my cup of tea. However, since my early childhood, I was very, very active. I used to dance since I was in my primary school. Then I was a cheerleader. And uh, during my university years. And also when I started university, I became a fitness instructor. So I was teaching all sorts of fitness classes. I was improving my qualifications. So it was all sorts of aerobics, body ball. Then I went into Pilates. So I was pretty much like, you know, doing all the classes, body pump, except for yoga. I'm not qualified yoga instructor. And uh, although I was uh, studying management, And marketing, sport was always like a big part of my life. So I always um, used to work as a um, kind of part time. It was my additional job as a fitness instructor. And as I said, like back in 2013, I started uh, running and I got hooked. So I decided to participate in a half marathon, which I actually completed uh, after uh, six weeks um, of um, starting like uh, running. Uh, I do not recommend that for anybody who is, uh, let's call it couch potato. However, uh, because I was fit, I was teaching fitness classes and I was generally uh, leading like a healthy and active lifestyle, I uh, was able to train myself to complete a half marathon after six weeks of training. And um, taking myself back to 2018, When I was running, actually after my running, when I was doing my stretch after runs, I started feeling some discomfort in my hip flexor, in my left hip flexor. Uh, But you know, at that time I was thinking just maybe, it was just, I don't know, sore muscle or or something like that. I didn't take it very seriously. So I started doing more of the stretches. Uh, However, at the same time, when I was sitting at work, and I was working like in front of my computer, and then for example, I needed to stand up in order to serve client or in order to go to the bathroom, I felt discomfort in this hip as well. So it took me few minutes in order to walk properly and in order to yes feel feel normal so it was like a kind of like warm up in my walking in order to walk properly so you know that was the face indicator to what uh, later uh, turned out to be my condition of avascular necrosis so when i was reading it backward it all made sense so when you do have like any discomfort in your hip when you are sitting, and then when you stand up, you cannot walk properly, you feel that you need to like warm up into into walking, something is definitely not right here. So I was going actually at the time Uh, from physio to physio i was living uh, in london back then and uh, you know different physios they were doing different treatments more focusing on my kind of hip flexor stretching this part and it was kind of okay for like a day or two but then it came back So I started going from doctors to doctors and I had a, I had a, um, it was ultrasound of my hip. Everything was absolutely great. And um, I went to, you know, different physios, of course, spent a lot of money, but it didn't really help. So that kind of started as far as I remember May, June 2018 when I started like feeling this discomfort and only in February 2019 I was referred for the MRI scan to do like the further uh, deeper diagnosis. And uh, when I went for the scan, they've done the MRI when I when they've done it together with the contrast, which later turned out to be not a good idea. That's what I heard from my orthopedist. But anyway, they did it in London, and I used to wait I don't know seven or eight weeks for the results. And actually, when the results came, uh, it was nothing about a vascular necrosis uh, yet. So what they were basically saying it was. Like there is a good distension of the joint, early evidence of cartilage loss in the superolateral femoral head associated with subchondral bone marrow or oedema. I don't know how to pronounce it, and an undisplayed superior uh, labrar tear. No evidence of paralabral cysts, no other pathology identified. So, you know, there is something about femoral head saying, but basically when I was speaking like uh, with the doctors and physios and osteopaths uh, in Poland, because I was in Poland back then, they kind of focus on this kind of superior labrar tear. And uh, I even went to, how we call it like in Polish, to, to sanatorium, which is uh, a place when normally elderly people go when they have like different uh, health conditions. But uh, as my parents were going there, they used to, they, um, they've been going there like for, uh, for a long time. Not through like normal NFZ or NHS services, but they, they pay themselves. And I've always said that it's really, really helpful and amazing. So I decided to go. And I've been in the sanatorium for like a couple of weeks, but they were focusing on this uh, superior labrador. And to be quite honest, I absolutely recommend like sanatorium to anyone. It was amazing. I had like three or four treatments a day and I absolutely loved it I was there for like two weeks and highly highly recommend it to anybody and actually it was better after cryotherapy I felt amazing after working with um, wonderful physio I really really felt better and you know I kind of thought that I'm on my way to recovery and it will be it will be better um, so that was back in March 2019, after getting the results from the um, from the uh, MRI scan in, in London. But, you know, I came back and it was kind of so-so. So one day was okay, the other one was not. So again, I was going to osteopaths, I was going to physios, spending, you know, a lot of money again. And um, finally, one of my physios said, you know what, something is not right. If I do the treatment for you and uh, tomorrow or the day after you don't feel okay, so I believe that there is something deeper here. So there is either a problem with bones, so with the skeletal system. So, you know, physio cannot do really anything about it. Or maybe there is a problem with some kind of neurological system, which again, physio cannot do anything about. So that physio actually, what he suggested, he told me to do another MRI scan, but this time without the contrast and go to orthopedist with the, with the results. Mm, so that's what I did so I went for MRI scan again and uh, that was uh, without the contrast and I don't know if you've ever done the MRI scan Um, it is not very comfortable experience for somebody who has claustrophobia Uh, I don't but uh, I'm just warning you that if you do have a problem with that it may not be very very uh, good for you so anyway, I've done this uh, I've done this MRI test and then I went to the orthopedist. We are already in June 2019. And when I went to the orthopedist, he actually, after seeing my results, he said like F-U-C-K word. He was like, oh my God, what did you do? And I was like, oh my God, what do you mean? And he said that I do have a vascular necrosis of femoral head. And that condition is not very popular amongst women at my age. And basically that I would have to have endoprothesis. And, you know, back then I'm like, uh, you know, sitting there and thinking, what are you talking about? You know, I'm a few years uh, into turning 40 and, you know having, uh, having this, uh, this, this condition. So of course I was devastated, but he said, okay, before we do the um, endoprothesis, we can do some kind of other operation. It was supposed to be the crazy operation with different wires in my knees, in my hips. And I was supposed to, uh, not be able to even sit down properly for like, you know, six or eight weeks. And, uh, I almost decided to go for this operation, but then I was referred to another endo, um, another orthopedist who kind of told me to do uh, to do it differently Well, anyway, before I did that, uh, this first orthopedist, he kind of interviewed me very much because he said like this condition, it is amongst like uh, young boys, about like 11 years old, when they suddenly start uh, growing and they have this growth sprout. So, you know, it may happen. But also this is actually like the condition popular um, between like, you know, several alcoholics. So, you know, many doctors actually asked me if I drink a lot, if I drank a lot. And after, I don't know, which doctor asked me the same question, I finally said, like, you know what, I think that I will start because at least I would have a good reason for that. So of course, alcoholism was not the cause of it. They were asking me about like other things. So uh, I do have underactive thyroid. So they said that, you know, maybe that is it because the thyroid can mess up with uh, everything in in your body. But on the other hand, they were asking, okay, why only one hip? Why not the other? Then they asked me to do all the uh, tests for different bacterias like chlamydia, borreliosa, uh, salmonella and uh, other, other different uh, things. But, you know, everything was negative. So, you know, because the doctor said that maybe somebody is eating you from the inside. We don't know. I asked if this is caused by, by my running, by my healthy lifestyle. They said that, you know, Maybe, maybe the sum of micro injuries over the years, but again, why only one hip? So, to be quite honest, I've never been told by any of the doctor that my active lifestyle, that my running, that my fitness instructor, um, and that me being fitness instructor or dancing, caused this issue. So, you know, to be quite honest, the, we actually do not know the real cause of why this, uh, why this, uh, why this happened. Well, anyway, I was, uh, I went to another doctor. He told me to do some kind of different. Uh, Different operation when he was supposed to grab something from my knee and then uh, attach it to my hip in order to kind of, you know, fix this injury. And I was actually scheduled for this operation back in July 2019, but at that time it turned out that I was pregnant, so I couldn't have it, and uh, we decided to have like the special injection, uh, IRP injections, when they were like taking my blood first, and then the blood was in a special, I don't know, machine mixture, and then I had like three injections uh, within a period of like uh, three weeks. So uh, my story with the pregnancy didn't end up well, because it turned out that it was ectopic pregnancy, so I didn't have uh, another baby, but because I had the laparoscopy for my ectopic pregnancy, I couldn't have the normal operation, that's why we had to continue with these injections. So uh, starting from June 2019, I was told to walk with crutches, and I've been walking with crutches for three months which I may, I have to tell you, was one of the most difficult experiences in my life because I am quite an independent person. And when you walk with two crutches, you need to ask everyone about everything. You cannot even make a tea and take it to, to another room. So that was hard for me that was summer. That was, uh, you know, the time when I was in Poland with my family. So thanks God, I could count on them. But on the other hand, it was driving me crazy. And also I was in this hospital with the ectopic pregnancy when I needed to walk with crutches. So that was absolutely, absolutely crazy. But anyway, after these injections, my doctor said, okay, it is kind of better. And you know, let's see after like, you know, a few months, what will be. For me, learning to walk again without crutches after three months was so freaking painful that, you know, I, I, I didn't know how to how to do it. But anyway, so we are back in... Um, so I stopped working with crutches in kind of September 2019. And then at the end of October, I did my scan Uh, I did my ultra, um, yeah, my scan, my x-ray for this uh, hip and I sent it to my doctor. He said, it's kind of, you know, okay, we need to wait what will be later. But you know what? He was saying that it's kind of okay, but I didn't feel okay. It was painful when I was walking for a longer period of time. And I'm not talking here for all day. I'm talking about like walking for like an hour or an hour and a half. And it was painful. So... I didn't really need to wait for the scan or going to the doctor that I knew that something is not right. So in uh, December, I went to two different doctors, uh, completely independent doctors, just asking what the hell is going on. And they told me that unfortunately, everything gets worse. So, you know, all this kind of injections, all these treatments, all this money spent, it didn't really help. It was, and me walking with crutches for these three months, it didn't really help. So, anyway, both of them, two independent doctors, one being like, you know, the best professor in, in uh, my, in my city, they said that we would need to do the endoprothesis. So that was the plan. But first I said that I would like to have like, you know, another baby. And they said, yes, let's do another baby because, you know, during uh, pregnancy, your joints may go looser and there is a tiny risk, you know, just, uh, you know, tiny risk. But as doctors, they need to tell me that, that, you know, it may, something may not be okay during pregnancy with the endoprothesis and maybe we would need to do it again. So let's just have a baby and then we will uh, focus on this uh, endoprothesis. I couldn't really imagine walking, like, you know, in my pregnancy with this pain, but okay, let's do it. So a year has gone by, I didn't get pregnant and, uh, you know, my hip was getting worse and worse. In the meantime, I tried everything naturally. I changed my diet. I went through fasting. I was really cleaning myself inside out. I was taking special sprays. I was taking uh, CBD oils. I was having special vibration music in order to get rid of uh, some kind of parasite apparently that I had that may cause this. So, you know, again, I spent a lot of time, a lot of money in order to fix myself but it was not freaking getting better and maybe a little bit it was getting better but I don't know if it was better going getting better in my head or in a real world but anyway so we are in December 2020 after a year and I went to to the professor and I told him you know no baby yet let's just see what happens so I've done another scan and he said well actually it it is worse but it is not as worse as it should have been after after a year uh, so he's actually quite impressed but anyway it is not getting uh, it is not getting better and we need to do this operation so i don't know maybe all these natural remedies helped me somehow but it didn't reverse the process and it was no hope that it will reverse the process. So I decided, okay, let's just do this operation because you know what? I really had enough. I couldn't, you know, go back to sport. So I couldn't run. I couldn't do any physical activities, but I also, I couldn't walk properly. I couldn't uh, play with my son uh, outside. When I was driving and my son fell asleep, I couldn't take him out, I couldn't lift like you know any heavy boxes or like you know anything when we are moving houses, it was all on my husband's uh, shoulders, I couldn't help him and it was freaking painful, I couldn't sleep normally during the night because when I was turning and tossing from side to side, it was freaking painful. I I couldn't have normal sex with my husband, because it was freaking painful. So I decided, you know what, I'm still young, and I don't really want to live this way. I would like to be able to, you know, enjoy what I do, uh, what I, what I, uh, what I, love doing. I would like to be able to, to to run, to to do like you know to have like healthy lifestyle, but I would like to be able to walk properly and live pain free. That was pretty much what I really wanted to 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 do. So I don't feel that I had like very high expectations. <laughs> I just wanted first to walk properly and having life pain free. So we decided to go for the operation. My professor really, really helped me a lot. It was, of course, private operation, so it cost me a fortune, but uh, I decided to go for it. It turned out that it could be done very, very quickly, which I was very grateful for, because if I was about to come back to Spain from Poland and then waiting if I have a flight or if it's not cancelled because of COVID or other things, I would probably be so stressed out. So actually, after being... uh, Uh, you know, for Christmas in Poland. I had the operation on the 9th of uh, January. And even though I was kind of happy about it, the day before I meltdown. I had a meltdown and I was crying so much. I remember I needed to do so many tests before going to the hospitals, not only COVID tests, but like 10,000 other tests and like going to gynecologists, going to the dentist just to see if there are no inflammations and, you know, not to even mention all sorts of urine, blood tests and uh, even chest x-ray. It was a lot. Yes, it was, it was a lot. So it was a lot of uh, time and money again. But uh, well, anyway. And I remember me driving around the city doing all of those tests and I was crying so much because I I just felt so disappointed that everything I've done so far didn't help, that all the natural remedies that I was taking and I truly believed in, because I'm not really a fan of all the kind of medications, that you know everything didn't really, really help. And uh, I really felt um, like a failure, actually, you know, going for endoprothesis before turning my 40. And, you know, you listeners may be thinking, oh my God, you are crazy. It is what it is. But I'm just being very vulnerable here. And I'm telling you what was going through my head. I really didn't feel comfortable, you know, with all that. But, On the other hand, I spoke to my doctor, I spoke to other people who had this endoprothesis or people whose parents had this endoprothesis, and they said that, you know, all the people who suffered and finally decided to go for this endoprothesis, they've never looked back, they came back to life, and that was my choice as well, to to come back to life. So I went to the hospital, I had my operation done, I was like a few days in the hospital, the first uh, kind of twenty four hours, I was still, I think, after all these drugs, etc. But anyway, I couldn't move. I needed to lie down in one in one position, so that was quite uncomfortable. And then um, the lady, the physiotherapist, came and she started to, to um, telling us, like you know, to get out of bed, etc. And that was so freaking painful. So I can tell you, my first week after the operation was horrible. It was freaking painful. During the hospital stay, it was actually quite okay because I was on these drugs. But when I came back home, the first day when I came back home, um I think I was still after these drugs, uh, so it was kind of okay. But like the second day, my leg was freaking swollen and I had such a horrible headache. I had a headache for a few days that I couldn't get rid of, regardless of how many and how much, how strong painkillers I was taking. It turned out later that it was because of anesthesia. So just want to let you know that if you do have like this kind of pain, it is because of anesthesia. And what really helped me just cut the long story short was taking paracetamol with uh, and drinking coca-cola because that was uh, really really helpful it was like you know with caffeine so they said either coca-cola or coffee and i did it with coca-cola and that was the only thing that could actually help me with this headache i didn't have so much pain in my hip than in my in my head so I really recommend paracetamol with Coca-Cola for such a strong headache. And my swollen leg and, you know, so much uh, pain. I was, of course, walking with crutches. I had no idea how I'm going to sit in the car. I needed, like, help uh, with from everybody around me. Uh, I needed to buy the special kind of thing that you put on the toilet that makes your toilet higher because absolutely you are not able to sit normally on your toilet, uh, which is so, so low and uh, you know I needed to ask people to lift my leg in order to go on um, to lie down in the in the bed and it was uh, yeah it was it was painful and it was crazy but thanks god I found amazing physiotherapist uh, in in my hometown Wuch in in Poland and I cannot recommend them enough so if you are from wuch but also they do have um, uh, offices in other places in Płock, I think, and in Warsaw in, in, in Poland. So it's SC dla zdrowia. I absolutely recommend them big, big, big time. So when I went there with my swollen leg, me crying out of pain, I spent about like three hours there and it was all sorts of things. We were doing exercises. They were pushing me even though it was uncomfortable. They had uh, like different massages, but we also have like compression pants, uh, laser treatment, some electrowaves and uh, different like stimulations. I do not even know what kind of machines they've got there, but I've been there like, you know, every time for over like three hours. And because I stayed another like couple of weeks in Poland. So I visited them every second day and I absolutely loved it. I really do think that they helped me seeing the light at the end of the tunnel and they really helped me be back on my both legs. So really anybody who is after endoprothesis, if you consider doing exercises at home yourself or going to find a professional help, I do recommend finding professional help because they really help, uh, help you. Uh, I started doing exercises at home, but maybe I did them too much or I did them in the wrong way and my leg started to, um, to be swollen and it was freaking, freaking painful. So. Honestly, the guys helped me very, very much. And then, after like two weeks after the operation, uh, I was flying back to Spain. Uh, My doctor told me that I can fly between like eight to ten days after operation, which, to be quite honest, I couldn't imagine, like flying after eight days. I was actually considering even rescheduling my flight, uh, not to fly after 14 days. But at that time, um, the situation in Spain was quite unstable when it comes to COVID. And I was afraid that if I didn't come back after two weeks... I would not be able to come back for a long time. And my boys were already back in Spain. So because I was feeling much better, I was getting so much stronger after this physiotherapist, I decided to fly, uh, fly back. Of course, I ordered assistance at the airport and it was very helpful. So when I came back to, to, to Spain, my boys uh, took over looking looking after me, uh, after after my parents. So honestly physio 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 from very 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 beginning i remember when i was uh, at these physios uh, one young girl came over and she had she had some kind of knee operation i don't know what it was but she's been at home for like six weeks doing pretty much nothing and she came to them after like six weeks uh, after operation And the guy couldn't believe that nobody recommended her having professional help, physio help straight after because they could have done so much within the six weeks. And here they needed to start from scratch. And, you know, mentally she was not really prepared to to do these exercises. So I really recommend like doing this uh, straight away and of course i had like amazing support from my family friends uh, i had amazing support even from you know strangers who have uh, been through the same what i did and they gave me amazing tips what to do what not to do what to buy and how to how to how to uh, sort myself out so that was really really uh, really massive massive uh, massive help so uh, you know that is pretty much about you know the story of my endoprothesis. I would say after three weeks, um, not three weeks, like three and a half weeks, I started when I was in in um, Spain uh, at home I started walking without the crutches but then when I was going outside I did walk with crutches over here in Spain I also do have my physio so I think four weeks after the operation I was walking without the crutches but you know of course I wasn't walking huge distances so right now when I'm recording this episode on the 22nd of uh, February I do walk without crutches I am still limping a little bit but this is this is normal I also mentally need to come back to believing that I can walk uh, normally uh, because you know we need to remember that it was not only this last few weeks after operation but actually I was not walking normally since June 2018 so it's been quite uh, quite a while so you know that is about this thing and of course I am uh, I will be turning 40 this year and I have uh, endoprothesis so you know when I was going to either to the hospital when I was in a hospital or I was going to physios uh, everybody was saying oh my god how old are you and if we knew that the lady with endoprothesis would come we thought that she would be a little older Uh, so it was a lot of laugh about it my physio actually in Spain he said that I'm his youngest patient with endoprothesis and uh, uh, you know at the moment I'm just laughing uh, about it because you know I could either cry or laugh about it so I decided to laugh about it but um, so you know what, it's been a very emotional journey here for me as well. As I said, I felt disappointed that all those time uh, and belief that it would uh, happen naturally would help me, but it didn't. And at the same time, my doctor, he took a picture of this, of my femoral head uh, after this operation and he showed me. So, Honestly, it looked like that somebody put the bomb uh, inside this femoral head and it kind of exploded. So he told me you know what, whatever you would do, whatever, however you change your diet, however you, whatever you would change in your life, it will not really help. And I could see that and a little longer and I would completely not be able to walk again. So uh, I'm very, very grateful that we decided, I decided to go for this operation that my professor helped me so much. So if anybody is in a kind of similar position and if you would like to know the contacts to physios or to professors or to doctors, I'm very, very happy to 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 let you know. I had my operation in Poland, so please do email me if you would like to know uh, anything. And at the moment, I'm getting back to normal life. Uh, at the moment, I, uh, I'm i not kind of 100% recovered yet, but it uh, we need like, you know, like three months to, to, to get back to normal. But as my doctor said, all his patients, they ski, they play tennis, they play basketball, they run. So I'm really looking forward to go back to what I've always uh, loved, to being back uh, running to being back doing sports to play normally with my son to go skiing if it's possible with this COVID situation right now and to teach our son how to ski as well so this is what I want and I also do believe that with my clear head right now that this is done maybe something will unlock when it comes to pregnancy and we will be able to welcome a new member of the of the family uh, this year as well. So that is the the plan. So thank you so much for for listening. I know that it was a completely different episode. Uh, you know, it was not connected as much as like with, uh, with, with confidence. Uh, having said that, I just want to finish this on this note that I really feel confident that I will be back living normally and I really feel confident that I've made the right decision. And uh, yeah. Sometimes, you know, we need to use the traditional medicine if other things don't work. So we just need to be grateful for the fact that we have access to this kind of things. And if they can help us, why not use them? So this is what I believe. If you found this episode helpful for yourself or for anybody who needs, who has some, uh, anybody who has some kind of problems, uh, please do contact me. I can give you like, you know, some more recommendations and honestly if you ever feel any discomfort any pain in any parts of your body go and diagnose yourself properly if i was diagnosed back in june july 2018 it would save me a year of you know trying and it would save me a lot of time a lot of money a lot of frustration and pain so do not really uh, neglect Um, any symptoms any discomfort because it can only get get worse so thank you so much guys for listening have a wonderful week and I will speak to you in the next episode bye bye to get started on your confidence journey I invite you to grab free 5 day email course confidence rockstar You will get five daily lessons sent directly to your mailbox, so you will have access to them anytime you like. You can grab this gift on the website alexgrzybek.com forward slash five days. All of the links to this episode you will find in the show notes below. And one more thing I want to invite you to my personal website alexgrzybek.com where you'll find other podcast episodes and more of the free resources to help you on your confidence journey. Bye for now, and I'll see you in the next episode.